Welcome to Bills by the Numbers, where we tell you where the Bills are at based on the stats. We're presented by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Coming up, the growing trend of mocking the Bills a running back in round one of the 2022 NFL Draft. Does it make sense? Steve and I discuss. We also have Sirius XM NFL Radio and former NFL GM Mark Dominic joining us to talk backs and Bills draft. And our one burning question asks, what first round position pick might the Bills make that could frustrate you? We're dealing with everyone's feelings. Hurry up! The trade phone is ringing! Glad you can make it into Bills by the Numbers, presented by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Bills Wall of Famer Steve Tasker there. Bills insider Chris Brown with you. And with the draft just days away, we examine the latest trends concerning the Bills pick at 25. And the one gaining traction of late is a running back for the Bills at 25. That might excite you. That might tick you off a little bit. GM Brandon Bean was asked in the week leading up to the draft about the prospect of drafting a running back early, and he did not rule it out, just as he presumably would not rule out any other position if the player was dynamic enough in any event. This just in. He didn't even rule out drafting Brownie. So (laughs) I would not advise that. Let's not all lose hope. (laughs) But in any event, (laughs) Iowa State running back Brees Hall is considered by many to be the best of the bunch in this year's class at running back and has been mocked the most to Buffalo at pick 25 in terms of ball carriers. A few notes on Hall. Great straight line speed. Ran a 4.39.40 time at the Combine, although that speed is not always noticeable on tape. But he is a load. 6.1.217. Played in his own scheme for the Cyclones. Can catch out of the backfield, but isn't necessarily a route runner right now. More of a screen game target. Can hold up in pass protection but needs work there as well. Back-to-back 1,400-plus yard rushing seasons as well as 20-plus touchdowns in each of the last two years. So first question, Steve, does Brees Hall sound like a first-round pick to you? Um, At number 25, which is where we're talking about, late first round? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to even envision a running back being taken like that because there's really but, – but let's put it this way. Yes, because of where the Bills are. Certainly, they would love to, you'd love to see them take a corner. I don't know what they know about Dane Jackson. I know I've seen him. I, like, I got a lot of co- uh, faith in him. And, I, and I'm talking about cornerbacks now, not, not running backs. And that's kind of the position we're looking at, saying maybe if there was a positional need, that's where it would be, a top-flight corner. Uh, Trey, Tredavious White, how he comes back, might take him a while to get on board, you know, all of that stuff. But if you've got a blank slate of a roster like the Bills always try to get right before the draft where they can just take the best player no matter what position he is, yeah, Brees Hall is that kind of player. Particularly on a team like Buffalo who got a lot of benefit from a running game last year at the end of the season, in my opinion, two reasons for that. Their offensive line got stable and stayed there for the last three weeks of the regular season and through the playoffs. They started to see some some benefit from that, and that helped Devin Singletary emerge as the number one guy. Brees Hall, you would think, has more tools than Devin Singletary. He's faster, he's bigger, um, and like you say, 
He's got some skins on the wall. Four, two back-to-back 1,400-yard seasons. Mm-hmm. He's a big dude. And I don't know whether he's – even on websites you go to and watch him, and you see him on film, hey, he plays good and stuff. He, is he 5'11", or is he 6'1"? He's mentioned – he's listed at 5'11", then in the, the breakdown they said, yeah, he's a 6'1 guy. And on the same website, they've got him yeah. listed at both – he's big. He's 6'1 in cleats, maybe. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Well, aren't we all, though, right? So, um, yes, he's got the talent and the – a skill set to be a high draft pick as that at that spot. Only a team like, and I'm saying this, I guess, for us, only a team like Buffalo would be in a spot where, you know what, this guy might be a little bit of a cherry on top of the cake for our offense. And I think I think that's what we're looking at here, right? Yeah. Because you've got a roster that is now in year six, five, six of its development. And picks like Brees Hall are not deemed luxury picks for a team like the Bills because their holes are minimal and a player of Brees Hall's caliber could help the Bills. Could he help other teams? Yes. But he's going to be a contributor wherever he goes. He's that kind of player. That's right. But I think his value to the Bills is different than to a team like the Jets or, you know, some other team that has more glaring positional needs. He would be viewed as, ah, why are they taking a running back in round one? A little bit. They need three defensive ends, two linebackers, a, a wide. You know, right. like there are other teams with that many holes. The Bills don't have as many holes. So you can get to a place where if the ball, if the board falls a certain way, Brees Hall could make sense. I'm just going to tell you right now, Steve. Last year, Brandon Bean said the same exact thing about drafting a running back early because what was the buzz last year? Travis Etienne. Right. But how did the board fall and, last and year? the kid that Travis was Pittsburgh. E- um, and Najee Harris. Najee Harris. But Najee Harris goes to the Steelers at 24, and Jacksonville takes Travis Etienne off the board at 25. I can tell you on good authority, Travis Etienne was a legitimate consideration of the Bills in round one last year. Bottom line was, he wasn't on the board at 30. Right. Bills are drafted at 25 now. I just, it's a little bit of a different conversation. Yes, it is. There's also the conversation with this. Brees Hall isn't the number one running back on everybody's board either. Right. Some people like Kenneth Walker III out of Michigan State yeah. better than Brees Hall. I, we were watching them yesterday. I was watching them both yesterday. They're, you'd be happy with both those guys. One's 5'9", 211. One's 5'11", 217. They're kind of the same guy. But I think Kenneth Walker is a little more nifty. Brees Hall has a home run, straight line speed. I think both of them have a skill set that's a little different. As you said, you know, pass protection's got to be a thing for these guys. They've got to step up into it. We've both seen, need work in that yeah. area, but most running backs coming out in right. the draft need work in that area. Yeah. They, don't, they don't put those guys on the field in college to block, pass block. Right. So I think both of them could be – and I, I say this. I, the, I think a little bit of it has been the trend in the National Football League. Certainly nobody's taken a number of running back like the Giants did with – Saquon with Barkley. Saquon Barkley. Nobody's doing that this year. And I think still, even in the environment we're in, it's a throwing league. And you've got to weigh where your team's at. You've got Steph Diggs. You've got Gabriel Davis. You've got Isaiah McKenzie. You've got Jamison Crowder. You've got um, Touchdown Jesus. You've got Isaiah Hodgins in the pipeline. Marquez Stevenson. I mean, in the pipeline. In yeah. the pipeline. <laughs> How good are those guys? And if you get a guy at 25, which you could get a guy who has some traits, 
In You're talking draft, receiver now? Wide receiver. Okay. You've got to weigh that contribution in the midst of all of those guys as not only a guy who can contribute if, if everybody stays healthy. What if everybody doesn't stay healthy? Yeah. What if you lose somebody? What if you lose somebody? Who do you have outside? And, and that's a question that's been asked here in Western New York. What do you have that's proven on the outside behind Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis? There's not a lot Nobody. in the cupboard right now. Nobody. You got inside guys. Jamison Crowder's here. He's very okay. good. I like him. Isaiah He's McKenzie help. has shown he can play the slot. And play it well. And Isaiah Hodgins in college played in the slot. He's an inside guy, even though he's tall. Now, that's not to say they wouldn't put him outside if they needed somebody. And you got Jake Kumaro. But, right. you know, Kumaro, his value here is on special teams right. primarily. As is Marquez Stevenson. Not saying he can't do it, so. but primarily that's but his big, value here. But he's a big target and he can run. So you could very easily justify taking a receiver. In round one, I don't know, though. I don't know in round one. It depends on who's there. Right, I mean, and, if, and how the board falls. What if Again, Jameson Williams is there? Well, yeah, that changes you know, the conversation. It does. It changes It depends things. how the board falls. There's I don't handful, think there's any ways. I don't know if there's there, a handful, but. maybe a handful or a little bit less, of wide receivers who, if things fall right and one of those guys is available, there ain't no running back in the last five years that you'd take ahead of one of those guys. Right, because this is a team that's going to throw it 40 times a game. you got Josh, and you're going you're gonna to maximize that. Now, second question. If you had to make a case for taking a running back in round one for the Bills at 25, what would the main points of your argument be? I'm now putting you in the justify the running back pick argument. What's your argument for the Bills as to why you would do it? Two, there's two main ones. One, he's significantly better than anybody we have on our roster right now. Okay, That's the first one. Secondly would be we have confidence in the guys we've been talking about outside we're going to make it through the season. We're going to end. I think, like, for instance, Isaiah Hodgins, we have high hopes for him. He's we believe in our pipeline, We guys. believe in him. With Cole Beasley out of his way, Isaiah Hodgins is ready to step in there. Or Isaiah McKenzie showed us enough in the two times he got on the field. We're going to put him, plug him in, plug and play. Or we're going to go double slots. We're going to have Gabe Davis and uh, Steph Diggs outside, and we're going to put both Crowder and McKenzie in the slots, and we're going to go like that. We're going to do some things where – uh, a running back is the guy we need. Um, all of that could be in there. Uh, that would justify it to me. He's significantly better than anybody we have. And our and Ken Dorsey, the new OC, thinks the guys we've already got on the roster are deep enough that wide uh, that running back is a guy we could use just a little bump with, and that and that would be it. For me, whether it's Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker the third, and you want to take him at twenty five because the board falls a certain way, and the best you can do there is taking the best running back off the board, I'd argue that whether it's Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker III, they take the red zone rushing load off of Josh Allen. Coach McDermott talked about taking hits off Allen in the read option game. A first-round back could do that. With offensive line coach Aaron Cromer coming in and knowing what he did for Buffalo's running game the last time he was here, back-to-back years, number one in the league in rushing, a dynamic back with breakaway speed could be the final piece for a dynamic offense. It's also been proven that running backs can often have an early impact. Najee Harris being the latest 
Example, running backs can come in as rookies a, and yes. make an impact a right away. A guy with a talent, you hand him the it's, ball and let him do a, what he does. It's not a highly cerebral position to play, it's, so young right. players can come in it's, and make an impact. It's not like offensive tackle or wide receiver. Or tight end. Where you've got techniques and how to run the route and what the quarterback expects and how, dep- how deep you want to. Running back, you hand him the football, and there's nothing about fa- hand placement or foot placement. It's like, what do you see? Go. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's an instinctive position. It's about the physicality of it and the instinctiveness of it and your physical tools. That's why a young player can get plugged in and mm-hmm. go. That's why um, you know, you've know, you got young players who contribute early in their career. Third question for you, and I think I already know this answer based on your draft philosophy as a pseudo-GM. Would you take a running back in round one, or are there too many reasons for you to avoid taking a running back in the first round? Well, the, the biggest reason to avoid taking a running back in the first round is there's somebody else who can contribute more on a down-to-down basis, or it, particularly given the, the climate of the offense right now. We don't know what it's going to look like. Ken Dorsey may have a different philosophy. We don't know. But if it's Brian Dayball, we're throwing it. I don't need a running back unless it's a Alvin Kamara type, and neither one of the guys we're talking about. No. The there's no Alvin Kamara in this And in let's this not draft. forget, Alvin Kamara was a third-round right. Pick. Right. So for me, the big reasons and you get to your question is there's too many good things out there to put more assets into that position. Mm-hmm. They've drafted one each of the last two years. And I, I, I think if they're going to draft one, it'll be way down the line. That's I, my that's my that's thoughts. Right. OK, for me, not I that I wouldn't love it, but the bottom line is this. There is a scenario that presumably exists sure. where the Bills would take a running back at 25. A, a number of things, I believe, have to be off the board before right. they get to that level of consideration. For me, I would avoid a running back in round one unless value at some of the other positions I'm looking at are garbage when I'm on the clock or when I'm about to be on the clock. If receiver, corner, offensive tackle, defensive tackle value are all poor, even pass rusher, which may sound crazy in light of the attention that the Bills have paid to that position in the draft the last few years, then I would consider running back, especially if I can get the best back on the board, on my board. But I feel like I can address running back later at less of a premium and still help my team. That, that's why, yeah. philosophically, I don't gravitate to running back. I only go to running back if the other positions that I consider premium, receiver, pass rusher, even defensive tackle, offensive tackle, if those are all exhausted and my value sucks at those positions when I'm on the clock at 25, then I turn to running back if the value makes sense. That's right. We move from the idea of a running back in round one for the Bills to some running back history in the draft for this edition of the Numbers game. Oh, no. Steve, are you ready? <laughs> okay. This is not too hard, I will tell you. And I got I to gotta say, Steve's been cleaning up. I think I've made it too easy in the numbers uh, game. He's oh, like sir. a seasoned veteran. Oh, now this now. pendulum's going to swing back the other way. It was a 1947 question. No, 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 no. So here we go. Question number one, running back history in the draft. What NFL draft year were there more than two running backs chosen in round one. More than two in round one. More than two. Because last year, there, there were, were two. two. 
Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. Wow, what draft more than two? I will tell you, it's not as far in the past as you might think. I was going to say it wouldn't be like 2000, like 17, something like that. You're very close. It's 2018. Right. It was Josh's year. It is Josh's yeah. year. Now, can you name? There were three running backs taken. Can you name the three running backs? Saquon. That is one. And that's about it for me. The others were taken in the twenties, down yeah, in the low twenties. Down lows. Yeah. I Seattle picked one. Wait. Okay. I'll never get it. Who's the other one? Was the other team? New England. Sony Michelle. There you go. And Seattle would have been one more. Oh, it's right there. It's not right there. <laughs> this blank stare doesn't mean meaningless. <laughs> this blank stare is truly blank. I don't know. This what, is why who, I love playing this game. It's did, so entertaining. <laughs> Every single Who time. was it? Marshawn Lynch is the only no, Seattle running back was, I can think of. Kurt, Kurt Warner. Oh, my God. Right? You know, <laughs> Kurt Warner. Right? I mean, come on. Rashad Penny was the other first-round pick at running back. That name is meaningless to me. Incidentally, Sony Michelle no longer with the Patriots, right. as we know. I believe he's with the Rams. Rashad Penny still in Seattle, at least as we, far as we know right now. Right. Question three, Steve. How many okay. times in their draft history have the Bills taken a running back in round one? Oh, Just man. give me a number. There's a ton. If you had to guess how many OJ. times running back, round one, Buffalo. OJ, Greg Bell, Marshawn, um, Spiller. I'll say I'm missing one. Four. Five. Five. Five is not the correct answer. It's more than that. Oof, yeah, okay. It's, oh, Cookie. Um, yeah, I'll bet it's is it is it double digits? It is double digits. Oof, so in 50, okay, I'm going to say 13. It, you're close. It's 11. Wow. 11 times in round See, one, the Bills... Used a first-round draft choice. Oh man! On a don't running ask me back, name. I can name. I, can I don't want all them. eleven. Give, give me, me some. give me six. Okay. Give me more than I'll half. Try. Here we go. Marshawn. Correct. Spiller. Correct. OJ. Correct. Cookie. No. Okay. Uh, Greg Bell. Greg Bell. Correct. That's four. Need two more, and I'll be happy. Therm was a second, first pick of the second. Yeah, he was a second-round pick. Not on this list. Oh man, and some of them were. Hmm. Oh, uh, um, the the guy with the 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 uh, the uh, ACL from Miami. What? Who, who is it? What's his name? I, come on, you're um, right there. Uh, what's his the name? The miracle first round yes, pick. The unbelievable with. All the fa- old people listening to this are going. They're screaming his name. Steve, what are you? What doing? are you doing? Um, <laughs> don't tell me. I'm gonna get it. We're gonna you sit here. We're gonna sit here for we an will hour. Spin the Rolodex in Steve's brain and get to this card and pull it. There's Blue all- his knee up in the national channel. I can see his face. Greg Williams draft pick. Tom Donahoe draft pick. Correct. It's not. It was like before. You're right there. There's also another guy. I can't think of his name. There's all, I know, so I hate when that happens. I know. There's another guy, relatively modern era. Oh, yeah, on Antoine Smith. There you go. Um, I, 
1997 draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the rookie year. So you've got Spiller in the 2010 draft, Lynch in the 2007 draft, Antoine oh. in the 97 draft, Greg Bell in the 84 draft, and OJ in the 69 draft. You need one more to give me the what six required that, that I asked of you. Thinking guy's name. Number 21. That's correct. Do you want me to give you initials? Will that help? Yeah. W. Willis McGahee. M. There you go. Willis McGahee. All he needed was the Ah. first initial. And we got there. Final question, Steve. Mm. Who? uh, Let me give you all the first round running backs so you have the full list, okay? Spiller, Lynch, McGahee, Antoine Smith. Ronnie Harmon, 86. Oh, yeah, okay, good one. Greg Bell, 84. Booker Moore, 81. Terry Miller, 1978. O.J. Simpson, 69. Mike Dennis and Ernie Davis in 1966 and 62, neither of whom played for the Bills. They went to NFL teams. All right. Question five. Who was the most productive back in their first year on the field for the Bills? First year on the field. Of those guys? Yep. I will say... That's a good question. I'll say Marshawn. He was second. Was he? Very oh, close. the other one was Juice, right? Did no. OJ? OJ Simpson only 697 mm. yards right. in I'll his say rookie year for the Bills. Marshawn was second. Now, we say Marshawn, the first year on the field. 280 carries. Let's say, let's say McGahee then. That would be correct. Field, yeah. It was Willis McGahee. He had to wait a year. 2004. Bursts onto the scene, 284 carries, 1,128 rushing yards, 13 rushing touchdowns. I think he also had a couple of receiving touchdowns, too. The knee injury he came back from was nothing short of miraculous. Catastrophic. ACL, PCL, LCL, shredded. All of them. If you've ever seen the video of Willis oh, McGahee's don't watch knee it. injury don't in the watch championship it. game, and it couldn't not have come at a worse time. And, and, and I'll say this. Think about it. It was historic because that – the fact that he did that when he did it is in large measure one of the examples that players today give as saying, I don't want to play in that game. A college kid coming out said, I'm not going to play in my team's bowl game because – I mean, look at Willis McGahee. Direct helmet hit on his knee. It was clean hit. It was. But his knee uh, hyperextended – Awkwardly, big time, grossly exploded, uh, and it, yeah, it, yeah. So if he, if that did not happen it was to him, if that did not happen to him, he would never he have been a bill. Might have been the first pick in the draft. Yeah, he would not have gotten past pick two. Incredibly fast. He was great instincts. Ridiculous. He was he was something else, and to have him come back and and he, he had to be a different. What, what was he? Twenty one in the draft. Twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty three. Twenty three. He had pick. to change the kind of back that he was. Because of that knee injury. He was still fast, but he wasn't beat everybody to the corner. He right. was a 230-pound yeah. back he that ran in the people. four threes. Yeah. He, he was, was insane. People. He was like a he was a Fred Taylor type cat oh. talent, you know. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and still had a 10-11 year career in spite of it. Good job in the numbers game, Steve. You're on a <laughs> roll. Right now. Willis McGay, he got me. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna lay well, awake. Eventually in, got I'm gonna me. lay awake in bed tonight thinking about that. I couldn't get it. <laughs> Right now, new customers can get their first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just sign up today by going to thesportsbook.fanduel.com 
or download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. FanDuel Sportsbook, an official partner of the Buffalo Bills. Time now to discuss this year's running back class in the draft, as well as what the Bills will be looking at when they're on the clock at 25 and for the rest of the draft, for that matter. For all of that, we turn now to Sirius XM NFL radio host and former NFL GM Mark Dominic. All right, Mark, so the first one I've got is there has been this growing opinion that the Bills, with the way the board falls, may be faced with taking a running back at 25 in round one. First part of the question, how likely do you think it is? Second part of the question, what's your best justification for a running back in round one for a team like Buffalo? Well, I do think it's in play. It has to be based off the team needs and where this roster actually currently sits. It makes a lot of sense that running back would be in play. And so I think it's it's going to be close. I think uh, there could be a corner that drops right where Buffalo sits, or I think you could sit there and uh, see if the running back, uh, the top running back, maybe in the entire draft comes to you at 25. And those seem very likely to me. So it's a, I think it's almost a toss up between those two positions. The, the, the value, I think, of a running back when you draft one in the first round, and I've done that before back in 2012 with Doug Martin, is that you get that fifth-year option. And so now not only do you have the running back through four years, you really got control of that contract for year five on the fifth-year option, then technically a franchise year or two where you've got control of a running back for seven years. And by then, if the career is over and, and he's not got it anymore, you just move on. And that's, and that's, that's a good win. And, and so I think in that kind of situation – if you can get a guy that's a productive player for your football team is going to jump in day one and start. We saw the Pittsburgh Steelers do it last year. Uh, I think it's a good move. Yeah, one of the things we've been talking about are Kenneth Walker the third, Brees Hall um, from Iowa State. You know, the skill sets are one of the things. You know, you, you see highlights of these guys. All of them have the ball in their hand running down the field. But the pro game's a little different than the college game. Is you know what? Is there a skill set or a guy that maybe is off the radar or maybe one of these two guys I just mentioned that is one of those guys that, hey, he's pro-ready. He can catch the ball. He can run routes. He can do all the things. He can pass protect. Uh, all of that stuff um, because the college game is still a little bit different than the pro game at that position. No, it very much is. And Brees Hall, to me, makes more sense uh, to the organization uh, than a Kenneth Walker because I trust his hands so much more. And I do think that's such an important part of what you guys are doing in the Buffalo Bills offense is being able to have a running back, not only has the weight to be able to handle the ball 20, 22 times in a game, but also still be productive in the passing game in both pass protection for Josh Allen and dumping the ball off. So would it limit some of the Devin Singletary role? Sure. But I think if you can have that all-purpose back, the guy that can catch the ball, protect, and then run the ball, that to me makes more sense at a 25 pick or for what the Buffalo Bills really want. You mentioned cornerback already, Mark. In the event that, you know, the value doesn't fall right in round one, what's your assessment of the cornerback class as a whole? Is it considered to have good value between rounds two and four, or is the drop-off from maybe the top tier concerning for you? I think there's a little concern. I think if you're looking at safeties, round two and three is where the strength of the secondary is. But when you're looking at corners, I think it's round one, and then you're kind of hoping to find the guy in the fourth or fifth round, kind of a small school project type of player, or just a, a you know a complimentary kind of a corner where it might not be a number one or number two, but could be a three that hopefully works himself into a number two or number one role. But to me, you know, when you're picking 25, there's a couple players that I still think are on the board or could be on the board for the Buffalo Bills, who I think you could put in there and say, hey, look, we can have him the opposite Tredavious and feel very comfortable about what production we're getting clearly at the top of the draft 
with Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley. We know I'd be shocked if either one of those two sneak yeah. out of round uh, top 10. But I do think, you know, a Booth is an interesting player that could be in play for the Buffalo Bills at 25 that could be a good fit in terms of what the Buffalo Bills do defensively. Uh, he makes a lot of sense to me schematically. Let me ask you this, just point blank. How many of these cornerbacks that you're talking about fall in ahead in their importance and their ability to contribute than any running back on the board? How many corners, you know what I'm saying, and value and, and with the way the NFL values the position, how many corners fall above the importance of any running back that's on the board this year? Yeah, I think there's about, you know, I'd sit there and say four uh, is about four corners that I think if they come off the board, I think you start to look at the Buffalo Bills and think, boy, more than likely two things happen. Number one, uh, here comes a running back at 25. Number two, uh, Brandon's looking at the phone, making sure that thing works because they want to trade back and actually pick up some yeah. collateral and maybe move back a little bit, which I don't think is a bad idea. To me, Buffalo's watching two things, right? They're going to be watching the quarterbacks come off the board. Uh, because as more quarterbacks come off the board, better 25 starts to look, right, guys? Because then you're starting to push yep. talent that Buffalo wants lower into the draft, and they're going to watch these corners come off the board. So if the corners can wait and the quarterbacks can go, then it's going to be a really good spot for, I think, Buffalo to want to stand still and just be. But if those things start to not peel off, if we don't see the quarterbacks go the way that some people have predicted, if we don't see, if we see the corners all start to come off the board quickly and the quarterbacks stay there, then I think Buffalo might be either trying to move out or they could make a, a quick move and say, hey, look, we've got a good football team. Let's go up to 2021 20, because that's usually a hot spot. Uh, I, I saw that Brandon talked about, like, I don't have 32 first round grades on yeah. these, uh, these players. And that's very true. Every draft, you walk into a draft generally anywhere between 19 and 23 first round grades. And that's why when you watch a draft unfold, you see a lot of trades around that range because clubs are saying, hey, look, that's my last favorite guy, and I don't think he's going to make it to me, so let's go get him. And so that's some of the strategy, too, that you do over the next couple of days when you call around the clubs and you sit there and say, you know, what is your likelihood that you would move back? I just want to get a sense. Are you pretty much set where you want to be? And between GM and GM, there's a lot of honesty there. Yeah. Right. It seems as though, Mark, the receiver position is going to offer plenty of supply year over year in the draft, and this year appears no different. Without much that's proven behind Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis on the outside for the Bills, what prospect between rounds two and four might be a quality acquisition for Buffalo that could line up outside? Yeah, you know, I don't know if he makes it there. I really like Pickens out of Georgia. I yeah. don't think he makes it all the way down to 57. That seems like a long ways away. Uh, but it might be a guy that I might go get because I do think he's an explosive player that obviously was limited with injuries but has so much potential. I think Sky Moore is a, a guy that obviously can vertically push things. Uh, and is it going to be probably a second round pick, mid second round pick? So he could be in play. Those are two guys, a little bit bigger guy or a little bit smaller guy, but those two guys I would be aggressive about and probably trying to get them onto the roster to beef up that receiver room behind those two players. Do you see, who do you see as the most likely candidate of the, there's like six teams that have double, double picks, a couple of them in the top 10, top 15, who do you see as the – because we've heard, you know, obviously Debo Samuels now wants out of San Francisco. You've got Baker Mayfield issues. Which of those teams – maybe maybe none of those teams. Which team do you think is in the market for a Baker Mayfield, Debo Samuel, and how that affects the first round, particularly those teams with the two first-round picks who've got a little capital to spend and, and maybe throw at, a, at another team to get a guy? Yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting spots. It's a good question because I think there's number five pick overall where the Giants hit, considering they pick seven, is a very interesting spot uh, for quarterback play. If somebody's fallen in love with the quarterback, to me, that makes perfect sense because the Giants can move back 
knowing that the team that's coming up more than likely is taking a quarterback. And then knowing that Carolina's kind of in that quarterback world too, they still may get the same guy at five as they do at seven. And now they're picking up collateral and they're also picking up, I think important for them, maybe draft picks for the next year's draft is what they're looking for to be able to make that move if Daniel Jones doesn't pan out. Certainly New Orleans making that early move to get an extra first round pick is intriguing. Um, you know, I do think that they're also thinking offensive tackle and wide receiver in the first round with those two picks, but maybe they found a quarterback too, that they've been falling in love with. And therefore they're in position now to say, Hey, look, the board sets and actually does work for them in terms of offensive line and receiver. But maybe if the receiver or the, excuse me, the quarterback drops just a little bit in this draft, you could see new Orleans make that move and, and put somebody in place to challenge a James Winston, who, you know, talking to players at new Orleans, are very comfortable with him being the starting quarterback. I think a lot of people just assume Jameis is just there and we'll see what happens. There's a lot of comfort there. So New Orleans is kind of an interesting, intriguing uh, team. And I think for the Jets, uh, Jets need players. They need a state pick. It, it's a rough roster. It's uh, There's a lot of holes. And I think when you can get two top 10 players, if you're the Jets, you need to take advantage of that. We're talking with Sirius XM NFL radio host, Mark Dominic, also former NFL GM of the Bucks, And the last one I've got for you, Mark, kind of dovetails off of what you were just addressing there. We've already seen a lot of player-for-pick trades involving this year's draft than pick-for-pick trades. And with people like Debo Samuel, presumably on the move, maybe even Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, who knows, are you anticipating as we get closer to the draft and even within the scope of the draft, during the draft, we could see more player-for-pick trades than pick-for-pick trades? You know what? I apologize. I should have answered that. I meant to answer the Debo question, and I'm happy to uh, kind of walk through him. He's hard to trade for. It's not like you're getting Stephon Diggs. You're getting a great player, but has had a ton of injury history. Yeah. And you know that's what you're trading for. So therefore, his trade value is not as powerful as I think he thinks it is. And I think that's also why he's struggling in San Francisco in terms of getting that mega contract. And so now it's become, you know, not being realistic about who you are as a player and that you've been banged up so much in your NFL career. And so for Debo, I don't know how aggressive teams will be with him because I think, yeah, you want to give him collateral, but you got to have him on Sunday too. And this is, to your point, it's always going to be a pretty good wide receiver class every year, it seems like, even if there's not the elite, elite number yeah. one, like we had in Jamar Chase last year or the Waddle or the Smith from last year, the two, three top 11 guys. But I think if for, in terms of picks for players, uh, I think the reason why we're seeing more of that is number one, younger general managers are more aggressive. Number two, the salary cap continues to accelerate. So now you have more and more space to be able to handle either, you know, moving a player on or acquiring a player into your roster because of ways you can manipulate the contracts with voidable years and, and be able to stack it. And also looking out saying, hey, look, I know the cap's at 208 million this year. I think it's going to go to 230, 235 next year. We'll be more than enough room to be able to handle this player. So I think that happens. And as for Baker Mayfield, um, my gut instinct is there's going to be a team that makes a play for him during the draft, but it's not going to be a first or a second round pick. I think it's more of a third or a fourth or a fifth even. And I think that's kind of just because I think some clubs are saying, let me see what happens in the draft. And then I might be more interested, but I expect once we get into the draft, you're going to see a lot more of the pick for pick, because when you do a pick for a player, you usually like to have that physical set and know exactly what you're getting. So like if you traded for Debo Samuel and then he comes back and fails your physical, you don't get that first round pick back until next year. And so now you've just wasted a draft pick that you don't even get to have until the following year. So it's hard for me to um, uh, see something like that happen. But so I think they'll be back to the traditional pick for picks during draft day. 
Mark, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Really appreciate it. And my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. Go Bills. We continue now with our one burning question. Steve, is there a first-round position pick that would frustrate you, a pick that would make you bite your lip if the Bills made it or look like Jets fans did for all the drafts that took place in New York? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, Is there one that would yeah. frustrate you oh, here in the first sure. round at I mean, 25? About, what are you going to do, draft a quarterback in the first round? I mean, right. Uh, are you going to draft? Well, some okay. You know, are you going to draft a, a tight end? Even you got Dawson Knox, and then you got OJ Howard. You got. I mean, you you know, you're not going to draft. I think one a tight end would frustrate Bills uh, fans for sure. I, I think um, there are some draft picks that would raise some eyebrows for me, not just for the on the field performance, but for the relationships off the fields. For instance, if the Bills drafted a safety in number one, in the round first mm. round with what's going on with Jordan Poyer, I'd be like, wow, they may not get something done with Jordan Poyer. That kind of thing would ha- would would ma- raise eyebrows yeah. as well. Uh, frustration for me? No, I, I don't think there is one. I mean, I, I think uh, any position they get, I can see it as adding. You know, we're, we're talking depth in this draft mm-hmm. most of the time because of the the sta- state of the roster right now. I can't think of one that would raise eyebrows except the ones I mentioned. You're not going to draft somebody uh, in the first round. Nobody's drafting with Josh a kicker Allen. there. Nobody's or, drafting or a, a punter. Nobody's doing that. I'm or, just saying within uh, reason. Within re- even a tight end, I, I think that would be frustrating for me. Uh, okay. Because I, 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 O.J. Howard is a toolsy guy mm-hmm. who was who was projected as being you know a massive difference maker when he came out because of how fast and how big and how athletic he is. I don't I don't know if all the Bills fans heard this week when Josh addressed the media with the offseason conditioning yeah, program was, underway. They said who do, who caught your eye of the new guys in the building? He goes, O.J. Howard is a big dude. Yeah, Josh Allen is called O.J. Yeah. Howard a big, a big dude. dude. Yeah. <laughs> the guy that's 6'5", 237, yeah. said, O.J. Howard's well, a big the, And Josh is sitting there between, you know, Deion Dawkins on one side and Spencer Brown on the other, and he says, wow, O.J. Howard's a big dude. Yeah. <laughs> that, it's hard to stand out in a room full of guys that stand out. Yeah. O.J. Howard did it. Um, For me, a position that might frustrate me a little would be tight. about first round. Yeah. yeah, first round, first 25. Time. Could be tight end. Um. I think offensive tackle might even yeah. frustrate me a little bit because well. you got Spencer Brown, you got Tommy Doyle in the pipeline as a swing tackle. I'm not saying I, I'd be like, ah, what are they doing? Because, you know, in Bean we trust. But, you know, I think there are expectations when it comes to the fan base. And the unsexy pick, I think, is yeah. what can ra- – you know what would rankle Bills fans? Another pass rusher. Or a defensive a tackle. A little bit. I think that would rankle Bills. Like, why are we doing that? A little bit. I, I, you know, it wouldn't, that it wouldn't rankle me too much. I, I wouldn't. But you get Devontae um, Wyatt at pick 25, I'm going to yes, be jumping. I'm going to be doing him. cartwheels in you're gonna here. You're going to take him. And, that, and, you're gonna, and all of a sudden, the cornerback position becomes a little less urgent because you got guys that can really get after it up front. And I think we should remember this. Yes, the Bills have added a number of defensive tackles to the roster. Out of necessity. Yeah. You lost, lost Harrison Phillips. You had to cut ties with Star Latulale. So you add Jordan Phillips, Jaquan Jones, and Tim Settle. And then you have Shaq who can kick inside on passing downs. But let's not Shaq forget Lawson's back. Yeah, let's not forget this. Jordan Phillips, one year contract. Shaq Lawson, one year contract. Daquan Jones has a two year deal. I believe Tim Settle has a two year deal, maybe longer. So next year. 
at this time, Jordan Phillips may not be here. Right. Shaq Lawson may We're not be here. This again. If you've got Devontae Wyatt, you're not worried. I'll say this. Yeah, you're right. I'll say this. And I, I've said it a ton on our and show. And Ed Oliver, fifth-year yeah, option. I've said this on, on our show a lot. The, the game commands so much. That's why football is such a, an intriguing game because you have to come bring effort every play. It's hard to push against another person every play and be physical and have people banging into you. It, 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 com it demands a lot of toughness and endurance and physical engagement. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so easy for these guys when you get up on a team just to take a breath and say, I don't want, I, I'm just going to take a break here in this series, that kind of thing. And you can see it immediately when it happens by, the, by what happens on the field. You lose the line of scrimmage. The, you start getting pushed around up front. All that stuff happens. The Bills, I think their philosophy, they understand that as well as anybody. And I don't know whether it's a philosophy or what, but they get these guys on one-year deals who are trying to get, you know, trying to yep. make another contract. They're highly motivated to do that. It takes that kind of motivation, not just the fact that you want to be a good player and you want to help your team win, but this is your career on the line this, this year. This is supporting your you family. Gotta, you work, this, is a, this means another year on my career. You've got to have that extra oomph yep. for these big guys to go in there and engage from on week 18, week 17, when maybe you've got a playoff spot wrapped up and they, you know, they want to take a break. They, they're not going to do that. And I think those kind of contracts, certainly it does make you wash through your roster a lot. Yep. But it does keep the big guys engaged. We saw signs of it the last time Jordan Phillips was here. We saw signs of it with Starla Tulele. We saw signs of it with other guys who've been here with Marcel Darius yeah. when he signed his big deal. You just, they just take it out of gear because that position and that, that position group is under high, high emotional and physical stress. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. As we bookend this podcast and bring it all the way back to running back, I actually think there would be less pushback or less disappointment on the part of the Bills fan base if they took a running back as opposed to a defensive tackle or a pass rusher. Because why? Yeah. It's easy to put highlights on of Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker III and be like, oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And I got news for you, though. Go watch Devontae Wyatt run down. Um, quarterback from North Carolina? or No, Bryant Young. Or Bryant Young. No, 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 the, the quarterback from Alabama, um, whose name is escaping me right now. He chases him 20 right. yards down the field Gets in the SEC him. title game and tackles him from behind. Devontae Wyatt is 6'4", 315 pounds, running 20 yards downfield and catching a quarterback who runs like a deer. Well, you know that Bills fans are going to, when they draft this guy, Bills fans are going to be on the internet Whoever it is. Looking, looking at his highlights. Yeah, there's some guys out there. If some of these top, top guys drop down and get to 25, mm -hmm. the Bills will be jumping up and down, no question about it. That'll do it for this edition of Bills by the Numbers. Please subscribe so you know when the next episode drops. And remember, when you need to know about the Bills, you need to check Bills by the Numbers. For Steve Tasker, I'm Chris Brown. Thanks for listening. We'll catch up with you the week after the draft. We'll see you then.